What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. And today, we're going to talk about how poorly you're setting goals. Uh, now, I don't mean that as a slight to you by any stretch because you're a good person, of course. Uh, I like you a lot, and I believe that you can achieve much more than you're capable of. And because of that, most of us are setting goals. Um, today's argument is that is going to be that most of us are setting goals ineffectively, if you're setting goals at all. Now, of course, there are a lot of people who don't set any goals at all, and that makes it harder to then achieve goals. At the same time, some people are setting goals and they just don't really know that they're setting goals, which is fine. You don't have to know that you're doing them. But I do think that it's important to at least have some process by which you are pursuing things. You are pursuing whatever it is that you're trying to attain. And those things should be at different levels because the way in which we have been taught to pursue goals or to set goals is not very effective and really has led to many failures and downfalls of so many New Year's resolutions and so many people wanting to achieve you know, great things and in their health and in their careers and in their businesses and this, that, and the other thing. The goal process that we have is based, is currently based around an acronym model. I'm sure, well, I I don't want to make an assumption. There's a good chance that you've heard of SMART goals. SMART goals, the idea of SMART goals has been around for now, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. It was developed by scientists back in the day trying to figure out the best way for people to set goals, mostly in an organizational setting. And so they taught this to many organizations. They showed them how to help their employees to set goals and move them forward and achieve certain business metrics and so on and so forth. And in that setting, it worked out pretty well. Not great, not grand, but it worked out pretty well. Because the things that they were tracking, whenever you're tracking something in business, generally speaking, it's going to be a measurable item. And generally speaking, it's going to cover all of these different parameters that SMART goals set, which include the S, which is specific, the M, which is measurable, the A, which is attainable, the R, which is relevant, and the T, which is time-sensitive. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-sensitive. So all of those things are mostly important whenever you're talking about pursuing things in business. If you're in the hair, I don't know, the hair shampoo-making business, and you set a goal to, I don't know, create something that doesn't have to do with making hair shampoo. I don't know why in the world that's the thing that I'm thinking of, but it's not relevant to your purpose, to the business itself. It has to be relevant to the business. So when it came to this idea of SMART goals, it was developed mostly for an organizational setting. We then translated it to personal goal setting as well. The problem is in a personal goal setting uh, atmosphere or environment, 
things are different. Not all things are measurable. Um, and whenever we make things time sensitive, sometimes it actually works against us. So the three main things that goal that smart goals have taught us over time. Number one is the most important thing is the outcome. And in a personal setting, in a business setting, in an organizational setting, that's mostly true. Like achieving the outcome is important because if you don't, then the business may start to backslide. It may not hit the revenue numbers that it projected, so on and so forth. Not that I believe that revenue is the number one thing, not number one, the only thing that businesses should focus on. That's a conversation for another day, though. In a personal setting, the outcome being the main focus is very dangerous. It is very dangerous because so many people have, have set goals, smart goals, which are based on outcomes. They're only based on outcomes. And then not achieve those goals and have not pursued new goals because of it. And whenever that happens, then the goal setting system is broken. Whenever people are then not pursuing new goals because they failed to achieve the thing that, or the only thing that you're really focusing on pursuing, then the goal setting system is absolutely broken. It's not attainable because if you're having a hard time wanting to pursue more things because you're constantly feeling like a failure, then the system, the system just doesn't work. So that's one thing that smart goals have taught us that the most important thing is the outcome is the outcome. Number two, it has also taught us that the only things, um, I'm sorry, only things that are measurable matter. Now this is very much a business ideology that uh, the business leader, Peter Drucker, said what uh, you can't manage what you don't measure, which is, which is true, which is true, don't get me wrong, but not everything measurable, um, not everything that matters is also measurable, I guess is a better way to put that. So when you think about SMART goals and you think about something that is specific and measurable, then it really narrows down the things that you can be pursuing. You can easily measure weight loss. You can easily measure getting stronger. You can easily measure VO2 max. You can easily measure waist circumference. But if your goal is to change the identity of the person that you are, you cannot easily measure that. So when it comes to personal development, when it comes to health and fitness mastery, when it comes to your growth as a human being and achieving your best potential, not everything that you are going to pursue is measurable. And I would argue that the most important things that you're going to pursue are not measurable at all from a number standpoint, strictly from a number standpoint. So that's the second thing that SMART goals have taught us. So they've taught us that the most important thing is the outcome. And they've taught us that the only things that, uh, I'm sorry, only things that are measurable matter. The final thing that SMART goals have taught us are we need to lower our expectations 
of what we can achieve. Hence the A in smart attainable. So my belief is that, and I'm not, this is certainly not the beginning of this. This has happened over many, many conversations and many, many messages that we receive through news and through organizations and through just conversations with people. I believe that we have been brainwashed into believing that we are not capable of much. If you look at the majority of American society, not even just American society, just the world, most of civilization, we just aren't even close to the potential that we have. And it's primarily because we have been told that we need to set reasonable, realistic, attainable goals. We need to stay in our lane. We need to not try and be, you know, too great. Don't try and work too hard. Don't try and go out of your way. Don't try and achieve great things. Because if you do that, ironically, you're kind of looked down upon as an outlier. So the goals system that we currently have in place teaches us that we need to dampen down our expectations. We need to not think too big. We need to not think too crazy. Man, to think that you would actually lose 50 pounds is a crazy idea. Why would you go think that? But let's just start with five pounds, shall we? Let's just, why don't you just lose five pounds and everything will be fine? Why? why but even better off, even better off, why don't you just take this pill? Everything's going to be okay. You just, you just stay who you are. You're just fine. It's no big deal. Like, everything's fine. And please understand, that's not me saying, like, uh, you're not good enough. I believe that every human being listening or watching this right now is capable of much more. I am saying that because I have a hard time believing that for myself. And so I have to say it out loud so that I hear it myself and so that hopefully you also hear it at the same time. So questioning whenever someone says, oh, it's fine. Like, why would you want to work so hard to actually achieve something? Well, it's so that you can become the best version of yourself so that you can become fulfilled because a big reason you're not fulfilled, a big reason that you're not happy is because you're not pursuing anything. You're not progressing. You're not making progress toward any level of uh, achievement. Not that you have to be this big, high achieving, super uber successful person. That's not the deal at all. It's just fulfilling your potential. If you were on your deathbed today, the first thing that would go through your mind, and this is just from research, is I regret not doing the things that basically made me better. I regret not doing those things. That's what most people on their deathbed say. I regret not pursuing that business. I regret not pursuing better health. I regret not pursuing better relationships. Like Those are the things that people regret. It's not being a, more, a higher achiever or being more successful or this, that, and the other thing. And those things are kind of built into pursuing better health and so on and so forth. Like those things are going to happen if you, you know, want to get better in your career, get better in business or become a better person or get better health. Like you're going to start achieving more just because you're trying harder. So the acronym model that we currently have is 
in my mind, holding us back from achieving at any level that we're actually truly capable of, that we're actually truly capable of. So instead, I think that there are a couple of things that we can do. Actually, I'm sure that there are a couple of things that we can do. And all of these things are, you know, it's not, I sit here and talk about, you know, all you need to do is, you know, change your identity. All you need to do is quit paying attention to what everyone tells you. Quit paying attention to society because society is mostly lying to you about what you can accomplish. And it's all, it's easy and I'm sorry, it's simple in theory, but it's, it's hard in practice. It's very challenging to do these things. So when we talk about setting goals, when we talk about overcoming the indoctrination of like you being just you, it's just being okay, being mediocre. It's, it's hard to do. It's not easy. It's very challenging to overcome. You got to do it day by day, moment to moment. Every moment is an opportunity to step forward into growth or back into safety. And that's totally up to you to make that decision. And when you choose to step back into safety once, don't beat yourself up for it. Just choose to step forward into growth the next moment. So it's challenging. It's hard. So just be prepared to confront those obstacles as they come. So what we can do to achieve more with our goals, to move forward with our goals, to actually become fulfilled with who we are and what's going on in our life. Um, Number one is raise our standards of what's possible. Like I said with that last point, um, SMART goals want us to set attainable goals. They want us to be reasonable and be realistic with our goals. But to be honest, what is realistic? Like, what is realistic? Realistic is only, I mean, what society defines as realistic is staying in your lane. It is being okay, being mediocre. Like it is doing what you've already done. How about that? Like that's realistic for, for most people in society. It's doing what you've already done. Why would you even think that you can pursue anything differently if you haven't done it yet? Well, that's kind of the point. Like I just haven't done it yet. That's, that's kind of the, the, the whole point. Like that's why I'm setting a goal because I'm not there. But for society, society tells us we need to be realistic about things. And that's, that's basically what they're saying. Like, you haven't achieved it yet. Or in their eyes, they haven't achieved it. So why should you think that you can achieve it? It's because that's what you want to do. So raising your standards of what's possible and what you expect out of yourself is number one. Like that's the number one thing that needs to happen. Raising your own personal standards about what what you want out of your life and what you expect out of your life. Because right now in society, the average person expects to be overweight on at least two medications, have musculoskeletal dysfunction, have low back pain, whatever other thing the average person has. That's the average person in society today. That's what they expect, and that's what they're getting. But if you expect something different, if you expect to not be on any medications, not be overweight, um, to be able to go up and down stairs very easily without getting out of shape or getting out of breath, 
um, to be able to bend over and pick stuff up, to be able to live to 100 and actually be able to accomplish things at that age, then I can't, can never guarantee you anything, of course, you have a higher likelihood of that happening. You have a higher likelihood of that happening. So the number, th- number one thing we need to, re- need to do is raise our standards of what's possible, increase our expectations of ourselves. I would argue also of those around us, but that's another conversation. Another thing we need to do is eliminate our expectations of effort. The society that we're currently in today uh, tells us that things should be effortless, that it should be pretty easy to accomplish what you want to do, and if it is too hard, then it's probably not worth pursuing anyway, and you should, again, just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride. And yet, the truth of the matter is, like, whenever you, do, whenever you raise your expectations, whenever you increase the standards um, with which you want to live and want to be, you should expect things to be hard. So reducing and eliminating expectations of effort is just step one. Step two is when it gets hard, reminding yourself that this is what hard feels like. That's a quote from a guy named Alex Ramosi, who's an early something, early 30-something-year-old, 32, 33, 34, something to that effect. He's already sold, a, I don't know, a handful of businesses over $100 million, like has another business right now that he's growing that's close to a billion dollars in valuation. Like whenever someone like that says, hey, this is what hard feels like, and he's achieved that at a certain level, and you should see the dude, like physically the dude is just out of his mind. I mean, probably much more out of his mind than most people would like to be, but like lean as can be, nice and muscular, good flowy hair. Like, I don't know why I said that's important. <laughs> probably because that's what I'm trying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but someone says like, this is what hard feels like. You kind of go, okay, well, like, okay, that's like, that's what I should expect. Like, I should expect things to be hard. I should expect things to be challenging. When I'm told I need to exercise three to five days a week for 45 to 60 minutes at a time, I shouldn't expect to go and lollygag around a, you know, uh, around a track for an hour and get phenomenal results. That's harder than sitting and watching TV for that amount of time. But it's not going to get you to where you're trying to go. It's not going to get you the phenomenal results that you're wanting to pursue. So, yes, like things are going to be hard. Think, things are challenging. That's, that's kind of the point. And the more you become comfortable with that, the easier things actually become. I realized this uh, yesterday when uh, my lifting partner and I were doing an exercise called a Turkish get-up. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. It's an exercise that you start on your back with a kettlebell overhead, um, and then you have to come up to your elbow and hand and then basically stand up from the ground and then come back down on the ground. And we did a set of four uh, get-ups, four get-ups, which Jana sitting behind the camera just made a face, knows how challenging that is. Four doesn't sound like a lot of an exercise, but four get-ups is, is a lot, right? Well, 
So we've been rucking, which is hiking with a weighted pack, by the way. We've been rucking now three days a week for about the last two months, and we ruck about two and a half miles at a time, and we're currently up to 85 pounds on our packs. So a lot of weight, and we're going for a decent amount of time. Doing four get-ups yesterday seemed easy because I believe because we've been doing harder stuff than that. Like we've been building harder stuff in and because we've been building those rucks in and we've been increasing our weight in those and because that's, that's really hard to carry around an 85 pound, even if it's 40 pounds, even if it's 30 pounds, even if you're just getting started and then it's 10 pounds, which we started at 20. But no matter what you start at, Carrying that around for two and a half miles up and down hills is hard. Like, it's hard. And it changes your mental capacity of what's, what you can do. Because those get-ups were, they weren't easy. Don't get me wrong. But they were definitely like, I specifically remember the last time I probably did four get-ups, I remember how freaking tired I was from doing the exercise. And yeah, I was tired yesterday. But I remember putting the weight down and going, man, that was a lot easier than I remember it being. So doing hard things literally raises your capacity to do hard things. It literally makes things easier, which is why eliminating your expectation of effort is important. Okay. Which brings us to one more idea of what we need to do instead for our goal setting. And then we'll actually talk about a little bit of what a goal process looks like the last thing we need to do instead, which will lead us into what a goal process might look like, is work from the outside in instead of the inside out. So what does it mean to work from the outside in? Well, there's not just outcome goals, which are what SMART goals are based around. They're based around achieving an outcome. There are three types of goals, and I'm going to I'm going to lay out a three plus one model today, meaning there's three types of goals. And then there's a plus one that you can choose to think about at some other time. If you want to, we're not going to talk about it very deep today or in the next episode in which we'll actually go more in depth in all this. But the three plus one model includes three types of goals. And then the plus one on top of that. And you can think of them as a target um, kind of shape, meaning there's the center goal, there's a middle goal in a circle, and then there's an outer goal on the outer part of the circle, the target, if you will. So the center goal is the outcome. That's, that's the thing that you're trying to achieve. The, the very specific, specific, measurable, attainable, I don't like that word, relevant, time sensitive, blah, blah, blah. That's the outcome. The middle ring is the process goal or process goals that you need to put in place to then achieve the outcome. And then the outer ring are identity goals. They are goals by which you are changing your identity and becoming a different kind of person. The plus one then are trans transcendent goals. Transcendent goals are simply goals that you're pursuing to uh, help others outside of yourself. That's what transcendence means, which means this isn't 
the exact definition, but basically beyond yourself, other than you. So transcendent goals are goals helping others outside of you. So most people fail at achieving their goals because they work from the inside out. They work, they start with the outcome. And then if they're lucky, if they're lucky at all, they go to the process. And then if they're lucky again, they'll get to their identity goal. And they'll realize that they have to become a different person if they're actually going to make this thing sustainable. They start with outcome. And if they don't achieve the outcome, then they stop. They quit because that's their, that's their measure of success is the outcome. And if that's your only measure of success is the outcome, losing 10 pounds, bench pressing 200 pounds, running a marathon in under four hours, like if that's your only measure is the outcome, then it's probably not going to be sustainable. Actually, the likelihood is very small that it's actually going to be a sustainable thing for you because if you don't make it, then you're you tell yourself or convince yourself that you're a failure and you're not going to be able to make that thing a part of your life. If I can't lose 10 pounds, then I'm not the kind of person that can lose 10 pounds. That's, this is just who I am. And there's no thought even put into how to build a process around that and then how to build an identity around that, which is why working from the outside in then is going to be more effective. Working from the outside in means starting with identity. Figuring out the behaviors, a.k.a. the process, that build that identity and then deciding what outcome you want to achieve first. Honestly, the outcome is just fluff as far as I'm concerned. Meaning, I, I believe they're important. They help you keep on track. They help you guide where you're trying to go. But once you've said it, like, it's just a guide is all it really is. It's just a guide because you're probably going to change your mind anyway, to be totally honest. Like, you're probably going to end up doing something different once you get started because you'll realize, hey, that's not exactly what I wanted to pursue now that I'm starting, now that I'm going. So the outcome, honestly, is, again, it's important. It's a good guide, but it's not, it's certainly by no means the thing that most people make it out to be. Starting with identity and deciding what's the kind of person that I want to become, then moving to the behaviors that support that identity, and then deciding on the outcome that you want to achieve will make things much more sustainable because you're starting with the person. You're starting with you. Who do you want to become? What's the thing that you want to, at the end of whatever, in five years time, like what do you want to say about yourself? when you're starting something, when you're starting this thing? Do you want to become the kind of person that exercises regularly? Do you want to become the kind of person that doesn't smoke anymore? Not anymore. Let me rephrase that. Do you want to become the, the kind of person that does not smoke? Because the, what happens with smokers and alcoholics and other people like that, they are, in their mind, they're just currently not a smoker. Like, they're currently not smoking. They're a smoker who's currently not smoking. And when you're a smoker who's currently not smoking, you're still a smoker in your mind. But when you become the kind of person who doesn't smoke, then your identity changes. Then you're just a person who doesn't smoke. If you're the person who doesn't eat potato chips every night, that's just the person that you are now. 
You're just the person who doesn't do that. If you're the person who does eat potato chips, but you're just not doing it right the second, that's a different thing. That's a different person. So you have to start with the identity and you have to work your way in so that you make it sustainable. And that's it. It's that simple. No. But seriously, next time we'll actually break this thing down. We'll take a look at what, how to define your identity, how to set, you know, figure out what behaviors you need to support that identity, and then how to choose what kind of goal, what kind of outcome you actually want to pursue so that you can start to see the progress that you're making. That's basically why you have one fundamental reason why you have outcome goals is so that you can kind of see the progress that you're making. Okay. So remember, uh, we need to raise our standards. We need to raise our standards for what we believe is possible. While we're doing that, we need to erase our expectations of effort. We think that things should be effortless. We think that they should be low resistance. We think that it should be a walk in the park. And that's just not the case, not in anything, not in your career, not in business, not in health, not in nothing. I mean, it's not effortless. No, I mean, except for living a sedentary lifestyle, that is effortless. Other than that, it's not effortless. And anybody who tells you anything different is either lying or selling you something. We also need to work from the outside in instead of the inside out. If you want to make something sustainable, you have to start with you. You have to decide what kind of person you want to become. And that's chat like that's hard. That is hard because your identity will slap you in the face over and over again and say, "Who do you think you are trying to do this to me? Like trying to change me." So it's tough and it's challenging, but it is worth it if you push and you persevere. That's all I have for today. I look forward to the next one when we start going through this process. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button in the meantime. And until then, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.